Welcome to Balance 365 Life Radio, a podcast that delivers honest conversations about food, fitness, weight, and wellness. I'm your host, Annie Breeze, along with Jennifer Campbell and Lauren Kosky. We are personal trainers, nutritionists, and founders of Balance 365. Together, we coach thousands of women each day and are on a mission to help them feel healthy, happy, and confident in their bodies on their own terms. Join us here every week as we discuss hot topics pertaining to our physical, mental, and emotional well-being with amazing guests. Enjoy. The new year is upon us, and with that comes optimistic feelings of a fresh start, a clean slate, and a chance to reach our goals. Love them or hate them, it's estimated that almost half of Americans make resolutions every year. Step into any gym the first week of January, and it's clear that fitness and weight loss goals are top picks for most resolution makers. Resolutions are a dime a dozen. It's sticking to them that can be difficult. Sadly, the reality is that most of us who vow to make changes in 2019 will drop them before January is even over. On this episode of Balance 365 Life Radio, Jen, Lauren, and I dive into common reasons why New Year's resolutions fall flat and changes you can make to help ensure you stick with your goals long after the New Year's excitement fades. Enjoy! Lauren and Jen, welcome back. We are discussing New Year's resolutions already. Can you believe it? I can't believe how quickly this year has gone. No, I feel like I blinked and it was like the end of the year. I feel like I just saw you guys in San Francisco in February. I know, which was like a year ago. (laughs) I know. That's what happens when you see each other every day and talk to each other every day, all day. Besties. Um, So we're talking about New Year's resolutions because, uh, I mean, it's obviously a timely subject, right? We're coming up on the end of the year and people are thinking about what they want to accomplish in the new year, right? Um, Which is ironic because we used to have a challenge. We did a challenge a couple years ago called the Screw Your Resolutions Challenge. And It was our alternative, our Balance 365 alternative to resolutions because so many of us have made resolutions and failed, right? Have you done that? Most. Most uh, Yeah. (laughs) In fact- No, I've never done it. I keep my eye out for workout equipment for around March and April (laughs) because it all goes back for sale. You can get really good deals on treadmills around that time. Yes. Yeah. And um, workout clothes as well, too. Like they'll go. They'll, I mean, they're not on sa- They're not on sale right now necessarily, but because it's a popular time yeah. to be buying them. Oh, I mean, secondhand. Oh, like OK. March, April. Yeah. People, they buy, they get the deals in December, January. They they spend two thousand dollars on a treadmill. And then by March, April, it's back up for sale for like four hundred dollars. So keep your eye out. Because that on, that treadmill yeah, turns buy in. and sell websites, yeah. Because it just you just hang laundry yeah. on it, really. That's what you do. I mean, I've been there as well. Um, yeah. But I sold my treadmill when we moved last time, and I really regret it because I I now I'm looking at getting another one. And but I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait for the New Year's resolution dropouts to put theirs up for sale. Yeah, she's gonna take advantage March of you guys. April. Listen, just she's, yes. <laughs> she's gonna pray, she's gonna prey on you. Uh, Lauren, what about you? Have you made a resolution and failed to keep it? Yes, pretty much every year besides the last five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was always 
obviously diet exercise related too. Um, but then I would add like other things. So I did, wanted to do all the things. Yep. Which yep. we'll talk about. Please don't jump ahead of my oh, outline. I'm sorry. We've talked about this. I, <laughs> I um, made a New Year's resolution-ish. Um, it was a couple of years ago. It was really big to choose a word. Like choose a word for 2016 mm-hmm. or 2017, whenever it was. And I jumped on board that train and it was a success. But we will talk about that later. I won't skip us ahead. Well, what was your word? It was respond. Oh, okay. Rather than react. Because I found myself, I was like, you you know, I could be quite reactive. No. So I, I really worked on, <laughs> yeah. So I really worked on re, that secondary, that response when your inner BFF comes in and is like, whoa, chill out, girl. Yeah. I dig that. What about this? Yeah. So then I would find, you know, I would, so it, I think it was 2016. I worked really hard on it and I, I'm much better at keeping my reactions under control and responding. Well, I'll be interested. Um, maybe a little bit later you can tell us about why that was so successful versus other I other will. attempts. <laughs> um, but before we get any further, really today we just want to discuss that I have three main reasons that we see resolutions kind of fall flat. And I want to be clear that we are not anti resolutions. We're not anti-goals. We're not anti-action plans or whatever you want to tackle resets, restarts, refreshes in the new year. Um, Because I'm totally one of those people that gets super excited about the idea of like a clean slate. Like that's really Mm -hmm. like, I love like a fresh start. I get to start over. I get to do this. I'm going to do it right. Um, It's super exciting and super motivating. Um, But just the way in which people approach them and their expectations around resolutions are usually why they aren't successful with them. Yeah, we are pro. We want you to be successful. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. So we're going to discuss three ways um, you can make your resolutions a little bit more successful. Um, Because again, it's not that there's anything wrong with resolutions um, inherently. It's more how we approach them and our expectations surrounding them. So uh, let's just dive right into it. The first one is that remember that you can set goals, create new habits, set intentions any time of the year right? Like this is not something specific just to New Year's Day or New Year's Eve. You can do this February 1st, just the same as you can March 1st or May 15th. Like whatever time you want to set new goals, you can make new goals. And and as as I noted, I totally understand the excitement that comes when everyone else around you is doing the thing, right? And, um, it's, it's contagious and, I have um, severe FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I feel this pressure to like, oh, I want to do that. Like, that's really exciting, right? Well, it can be like when you go shopping with your girlfriends and you only need one thing. Like, you need a pair of jeans. And then you get in the store and your friends are like, I'm getting jeans. Oh, I also need earrings. And look at this top. It's so cute. And this coat. And then all of a sudden you're like yeah, those things are so great. I should look at them too. And I should get them too. And then all of a sudden you're leaving the store with like six bags and you only want one pair of jeans. Right. So during New Year's, it's just that you, you're just surrounded by people changing all the things. And you're like, well, that is such a good idea. I need to address that in my life too. Oh, and that would be great too. And that too. And then all of a sudden you've got 10 New Year's resolutions. And the power of suggestion. Sorry, Lauren, go ahead. I was going to say, well, even 
even more than that for me is I would feel like I had to make a new New Year's resolution, period. Like even if I was not in a particular space in my life where um, I could handle a new goal or setting a New Year's resolution. Like I had my daughter um, five years ago on December 1st. And so it was like, oh, I should make a New Year's resolution while I had an infant. <laughs> you know, right. probably not the best time. <laughs> Yeah. Um, And I was just going to add to the power of suggestion is really, really strong around this year because, Jen, you've shared um, advertising budget numbers from the diet and the fitness industry. They spend a large percentage of their marketing budget this time of year. They are pushing, pushing, pushing. Yeah, the first few months of the year, the first quarter. I can't remember what the numbers are. I've shared them on a past podcast, but it's like 65% of their marketing budget is spent in the first couple months of the year um yeah so it's so you're really you're really you're likely seeing it in magazines and commercials and newspapers in bookstores in anywhere you're going essentially to buy this product buy this program purchase this service purchase this membership yeah people have no idea like how much thought goes into marketing. And so even you'll see, um, I noticed in my local bookstore that throughout the year when you walk in, there's different um, tables set up featuring, you know, new books or this, all these books on this topic. Well, in December, January, the health, the diet table comes to the very front of the store. So when you walk in, it's right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they know, they know that that's the time to be selling these books, to put them right in front of you, get you thinking about it. It makes you buy them. We like to think we're so in control of our choices, but we really are not. <laughs> I was just going to say that because I know um, Annie 10 years ago would have walked into Barnes & Noble or whatever, this bookstore, saw the diet book, and it's like the, it's like they knew what I wanted. Like, yeah. how, did, like you, how did they know? But really... And you don't even think about the change. It's like... This must have always been here. Right. It's like, like, you know, it's like it's now now we have um, Amazon uh, ads Mm -hmm. popping up in our feet. You know, like, Lauren, you just talked about how you were um, posted about your standing desk. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I got this standing (laughs) desk, which is amazing. I got it from Costco. If I don't know if it'll still be here when this airs, but I got it for Costco from Costco. And I posted about it on my story and I had never seen an ad for a standing desk before. And after I posted it on my story, I started seeing Instagram ads for this other standing desk and it freaked me out. Oh, that's – it's – there's so many conspiracy theories around what Facebook and Instagram listen to and then, of course, they deny, deny, deny. But that happens to me all the time. Sometimes I feel like I'm talking – to a friend about something like in person yeah and i'll start seeing those ads yeah on my feed there's a meme that it's like um of, <laughs> of course <laughs> if i had a dollar for every time i started a a sentence with there's a meme um on instagram that says oh that's weird how this showed up in my feed when i didn't talk to anyone about it i didn't type it i didn't search it i like it's like they're in your brains you know you thought it yes but anyways i it is you know it's kind of like when you go to target and your kids don't want goldfish until they see the goldfish at the Mm -hmm. end you know and it's like now i can't live without the goldfish um yeah, and you have to – and there's also food um, – food companies have to pay more to get their 
products on the shelf at eye level. Yeah. So do you know what I mean? Because they know it leads to you choosing it more. So they make a deal with, you know, whatever supermarket chain and they pay a fee to have their product at eye level. Mm -hmm. Like you really, if you, you know what I mean? Like it's just, there's so much of this that goes on that consumers aren't aware of. Right, which we kind of went on on a tangent there, and I think that would make a really great podcast about how the the science and psychology behind marketing and, and how it works the way it does, especially when it comes to health and wellness. But the point here is, is that you can set these goals any time of year. So even mm-hmm. though the bookstores are pushing it or you might feel like you're seeing these messages to set these really brand new, fresh goals around your health and your wellness – um, it seems like it's everywhere. Remember that you can set these six months from now, three months from now, any time of year. Um, you don't have to feel pressure to do it on New Year's Day. Yes. And now that we have told everybody about it, that you will start noticing it and you can be more critical about it. And this is called media literacy. And media literacy has been found to be one of the greatest tools in preventing disordered eating and body image issues. So pass it on. <laughs> pass it on. Stay woke, right? Yes, stay woke. Stay woke. <laughs> stay woke. Uh, okay. Um, Number two, remember your why. Um, Ask yourself, does this really matter to you when you're setting your New Year's resolutions? Um, Because along the same lines of getting caught up, this can tend to be following the leader, kind of like Jen said when you're shopping with your girlfriend. And in my experience, um, what's personally happened to me before is one girlfriend is at dinner and is like, oh, yeah, I'm going to join this gym. I'm going to start this program. I'm going to start this diet. And the rest of us are like, oh, yeah, I, like, I guess that sounds good. Like, that sounds good yeah. to me. I'll do that too. Or like, I guess I hadn't really given it that much thought, but she's done the research um, mm-hmm. and she seems to think it's a good idea, so I'll do it too. And if you listen to our Stages of Change podcast with our Balance 365 coach, Melissa Parker, um, you'll know that skipping stages like contemplation where you're thinking about doing a thing and preparation where you're making plans to do the thing are actually really vital to your success. And this is one of the reasons people not skipping stages. Or, sorry, yes. That, yeah, yeah, not skipping yeah. stages. Um, it's really vital to your success. And this is one of the reasons that um people can fall flat on New Year's resolution time is because they join the gym, they buy the meal plan, they sign up for the challenge or whatever that is they're doing without really considering does this even matter to me? Is this a good right. time in my life to yeah. do this? Is this reasonable to think that I can do whatever is required to make this goal happen? Just like Lauren said, like she just felt this pressure to make a resolution and it's like, hey, I just had a baby. Maybe now isn't the time to be all in on whatever it is I'm I'm wanting to do. And and if you give it some reflection and you come up with like, no, this isn't okay, this isn't the time, this isn't the thing I want, that's okay. It doesn't mean that you're stuck wherever you're at forever. It just means that maybe you need to reevaluate and get some clarity on what your goal is and how you're going to get there. Yeah, it often is related to, I think, feelings of guilt around holiday eating um, as well. So I mean, that's why the advertising is so successful, right? Because they know you're feeling bad about all the eating and sitting around you're doing over the holidays. And that becomes your motivation, right? Which is um, shame-based motivation, which we also know through research that shame-based motivation 
um, is not lasting. Yeah, and I'll add too on this that this is why we actually added a section in Balance 365. It's called The Story of You, and it helps you to um, uncover what your values are and um, what your core values are. And so not only does it help you when you are making changes, because um, when you make a change, if it connects with one of your core values, you're more likely to stick to it. But it also can weed out this extra stuff. So you can think back, well, does this really support any of my core values? And if it doesn't, you can feel a lot better of saying like, oh, this isn't for me. Like it's good for them. It's not good for me. Right. And circling back to what Jen said about shame-based marketing, you know, I think in the past when I have started a new diet or a new exercise routine on New Year's Day, it has usually been to combat those feelings of shame and guilt about eating too much, missing the gym because I've been busier than normal, the weather's been crummy, not enough daylight, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. And they know this. Yeah, that was always me. Like, it comes right after the holidays, right, where everyone's crazy busy, there's treats everywhere. um, And it's just like, it's kind of like a perfect storm, right? Everyone's doing it. You feel crappy. um, The advertising is being pushed to you. So it all like comes together on January 1st. Yeah, and it's just, it's all part of that roller coaster, though. You can start, if you zoom out a bit and start identifying trends. So, most people wouldn't binge over Christmas if they weren't dieting before Christmas. Right, yeah. <laughs> and so, and most people wouldn't diet before Christmas if they weren't binging at Thanksgiving. And then you wouldn't feel and crappy, so- <laughs> right? And wouldn't be yeah, like, I so- need to do something. Right. So um, the period between Thanksgiving and Christmas is also a very, very popular time to go on a diet. So, um, you know, people go into the holiday, they basically diet to counteract their Thanksgiving binging and to prep themselves for Christmas. Someone just said the other day, um, told me a friend of theirs was working on losing five pounds in preparation for the holidays. And I'm, you know, it's funny, kind of, but you're also like, I just cringe and think, oh my gosh, like you're basically just announcing that you have an eating disorder and that you are starving yourself in preparation for being able to binge. Right, like, and it's that just, just feeds right into the cycle. Yeah, and then so you binge over Christmas and then you get back on that diet roller coaster for January and then, and then you know, then you restrict, then you binge, then you're restricting for your the bikini season and then like it's just it's just wild and most people are trying to stop that cycle in the binge when they're in the binge they want to pull all the way back to restriction which i totally get like that seems to be like well duh like i you know i'm either all in or i'm all out i'm on the wagon or i'm off the wagon like there's just two extremes and our approach would be to just let that pendulum settle down in the middle like don't pull it so far back yeah, so chastity, she's in Balance 365, she said the other day is that um, people want to stop binging, but unfortunately, they don't want to stop restricting. However, the solution to stop binging is to stop restricting as well. Right. And people just really have a hard time wrapping their heads around that. Absolutely. I mean, it can be scary because it feels like you're letting go of some of that control, especially if you've been dieting for years. And that's what you know, that a lot of women feel comfortable and in control when they're dieting, even if they're miserable. 
even if yeah. they're white knuckling it. I remember um, someone when we first started doing this had been dieting for years and years, and she was terrified when we told her, like, stop counting your points, stop counting, like, just give yourself permission to eat. And she was like, I will literally start eating and never stop. And yeah, like, I spoiler, that, that didn't happen. And now she lives a free life and she doesn't count and she's happy with her progress. But she was terrified. Like there was right. real fear for her. Mm-hmm. So once again, we went on a little tangent. <laughs> <laughs> As we do. <laughs> I'm just looking at our outline like, remember your why. And now we're talking about restriction and pinching it's all connected though isn't it yeah <laughs> but it's come it's so remember your why so remember that you don't want to be on the diet roller coaster and that is your why for not jumping on board a new diet in january well and why am i doing this like again if i'm being honest in years past it would have been to try to avoid or to remove some of those feelings of guilt and shame so it's like okay i'm just going to try to regain all of my control by doing all the things and doing them perfectly and you know again it just what that does is eventually perpetuates the cycle of this diet cycle. Yeah. An alternative to feeling guilty is to say, wait a sec, I'm human. And just like everybody else at Christmas, I indulge in the holiday foods and move along. Yeah. Because holiday foods are yummy. They are. They are yummy. Um, Yeah. And just cut yourself some slack, right? Yeah. Okay. So... We covered the first two. A, you don't have to make these New Year's resolutions just this time of year. You can set goals or new intentions or create new habits any time of year. Then you evaluate, like, does this really matter to me? Why am I doing this? What's my purpose? What's my mission behind this? What am I hoping to get out of this? And then if you come to the conclusion that I still want to move forward, I still want to make change, and your resolutions are around things like eating healthier, exercising more, drinking less, quitting smoking, then we're talking about changing habits, which shockingly is something we're pretty good at, right? At helping people too. (laughs) Surprise! Um, And Lauren, you have some really good information about creating and changing habits, but essentially it boils down to you don't have to overhaul your entire life overnight because so often people go to bed on New Year's Eve and they're like, they set these plans and they're going to wake up with a person with completely new habits on January 1st, like 12 hours later, new year, new me, right? Right. (laughs) But it would be really nice. It it would be great if it were just that simple, if all the change could happen. If it worked, we would encourage it. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Yeah, it'd be a heck of a lot quicker. But um, would you share the statistics about why changing too many things at once isn't likely to bode well for you? Yeah, so we share this all the time, actually, but I find that it's so eye-opening for people, um, is that studies show that if you want to change a habit and you change one small thing and only that thing, you have about an 80% chance of sticking with that change long-term. Um, which is actually really good um, for percentages. If you try and change two things at the same time, your success rate of sticking with both of those things drops down to about 30%. And then three or more changes at the same time, your success rate drops to almost zero, um, sticking with all those changes. And then the more things you add on, the less and less your success rate will be. 
that's not very promising to change a lot of things at once. Is no. It? So not only like do you not have to, you shouldn't if you care about sticking with it, right? Yeah. So when you think about someone that wakes up New Year's Day and is like, I'm going to change all three of my meals, plus my snacks, plus my sleep habits, plus my water and alcohol consumption. Now I'm also going to add going into the gym five, six times a week. That is so many behaviors that it takes to change. I mean, we're talking about like, let's take a look at a meal. Like what does it take to change a meal? Like it could change what you put on your plate, how you prepare your food, what kind of foods you're buying at the grocery store. It might require you to even go to the grocery store in the first place versus eating out. I mean, and those are the little steps that take to build a really great solid habit that so many people overlook. They just think I'm just gonna start eating a balanced breakfast, lunch, and dinner tomorrow, all the time, forever and and ever, amen. And our brains just don't work like that. It's just the way we're we're wired, and um, you know, we like our brains like consistency and constants, and so it's not going to bode well for you if you try and change everything all at the same time. I don't even like going somewhere new in the grocery store, yeah. like a new aisle. <laughs> like when I when I'm looking at recipes and there's just some wacko ingredient, you know, that either you can't find in a regular supermarket or I've just never seen that before. I'm like, next. Like I just really resist the ch- – yeah. I think – Yeah. I mean, obviously when it comes to cooking, I'm the same way. I see a recipe with more than like four ingredients and I'm like, nope, I'm out. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. I I know um, as far as our plans on expanding our our recipe collection on our website, um, just looking at um, like when when we had a woman making recipes for us this fall and um, the first couple she sent me, I was like, listen, like chickpea flour is just not going to fly. I feel like we should have a test where like if Annie, Lauren and Jen can't make it, it doesn't yeah. get put out there. And we would be like, pizza, quesadilla. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so it's like, um, I remember I would go all in like back in my dieting days on making things like cauliflower pizza yes. crust. I would take and, so long to make meals and they would always taste like crap. Yeah. And so, but then it's like, you know, five years later, we just, we're just having pizza, like just regular crust. And it's, it's way better. Yeah, like it's fine. But it's like all those steps, right? Like all those steps to make, to just get in the habit of making these healthy pizza crusts. And yeah, and now, it just really and now- makes no difference. I Yeah, I feel good just throwing some veggies and some fruit and some extra protein on my Jack's frozen pizza. (laughs) Yeah, like I'll just have a side of cauliflower with my regular pizza. Yeah, right. (laughs) Instead of trying to work it into the crust. I really like how you say cauliflower. 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 Anyways, yeah, but truly, I think people really underestimate how much energy is required to change just one habit. And it's definitely a slower process. But what we hear from women in our community that are working through our program is that it feels effortless. They're not white knuckling through all these changes and just like, oh my gosh, I hope I can do this. I just need to do this for a little bit longer before it comes automatic. They're like, 
actually they're kind of like looking around like, is this really all I'm doing? Like, this is yeah. all you want me to focus on. And we're like, yeah, actually. Just this one thing. That is. Yeah. And if you're talking about changing existing habits, which that comes up a lot around New Year's resolutions too, is uh, the best way to change an existing habit is to replace it with a new one. And Lauren and I have a pretty good podcast, actually two podcasts on how habits are built, like Habits 101 and then how to change or break bad habits. So if you want more information on the science and the process behind habit building and breaking bad habits, I would highly encourage you to listen to those because, I mean, I think we give some pretty good tidbits. It's <laughs> pretty um, good. It's, I mean, it's all right. <laughs> um, and the other thing I want to add on to that too um, in terms of habit changing and going a little bit slower is um, to discuss the difference between outcome-based goals and behavior-based goals. Because so often, again, resolutions seem to be outcome-based goals. I want to lose 10 pounds. I want to run a 5K. I want to um, compete in this challenge or whatever. And it doesn't really address the behaviors like, okay, how are you actually going to do that? What actions are you going to take to lose 10 pounds? Like I'm not poo-pooing weight loss as a resolution goal that your body, your choice. Um, but how are you going to lose that 10 pounds? I Well, it might yeah. be I'm going to start exercising on Monday, Wednesday, Friday for 30 minutes. Or I'm going to replace um, – you know, X, Y, Z with vegetables on my plate, or I'm going to increase protein or, you know, whatever mm -hmm. that looks like, we would encourage you to write your goals based off of your behaviors, not the outcome you want. Because so often if you take care of the behaviors, which we have more control over, the outcome will just naturally be a byproduct of it. And so often I see women doing all the right things and they don't get the outcome they want. And then they feel like a failure. You know, they're making all these great changes. And especially when it comes to weight loss, we've seen women work their butts off to try to try to lose weight. You know, they're maybe exercising more. They're addressing their self-talk. They're getting more sleep. They're cutting back on sugary drinks or alcoholic drinks or whatever that is they're working on. And then they step on the scale and they're down three pounds instead of the desired 10 pounds. And all of a sudden they feel like they've failed. That they right, right, and they and don't actually succeeded in all these areas of life that a lot of people struggle to succeed in, and it's huge. It's a mm -hmm. huge, big deal. Yeah. yeah, when really, yeah, if you just zoom out, and it's like, oh my gosh, look at all this great change I've made. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. feeling better. I'm taking better care of my body, or you know, whatever it is, fill in the blank. Um, that we just tend to lose sight of that when our goals are outcome based. Also, when they step on the scale and they see that that it. They haven't lost as much as they had hoped. They also a lot of times will be like, well, what's the point, right? And then they don't continue doing those behaviors. And it's the continuation and consistency of those behaviors that's going to lead to um, possibly them reaching their goal, right? Yeah. So um, the easiest way to turn your outcome-based goal, if that's what you were thinking about before listening to the podcast, into a behavior-based goal is to just ask yourself, how am I going to achieve that? How am I going to run a 5K? How am I going to run a marathon? How am I going to lose 10 pounds? How am I going to, yeah. you know, ex like, and then usually that how, that's the behavior. Right? Yeah. And then realize that that outcome goal you have is actually, could be made up of a series of behavior changes that need to happen one at a time. Therefore, it may not happen as quickly as you like. 
um, which is okay. Life is long. Yeah. It's yeah. the tortoise and the hare, right? It's, it's, a, it's a journey. Yeah. As cheesy as that sounds, people are probably like, oh, come it's on. It's a journey. <laughs> enjoy Zen the, Jen over there. Today. I know. And yes. enjoy the process. Gandhi. <laughs> you need, we need one of those accessory memes. <laughs> you remember the popular in the 90s? Um, okay. Well, those are the three main points I wanted to discuss when it comes to New Year's resolutions. Is there anything that you two would like to add? I don't think so. Okay. Let's do a quick review. Um, first of all, before you set your New Year's resolutions, remember that you can set these new goals, create new habits, set new intentions. You can have a clean slate any time of the year. I totally understand that it's super enticing to have like new year, new me, but you can do this on May 1st just as easily as you can January 1st. Um, The second one is to remember your why. Does this really matter to you? Um, Are you just doing this because your girlfriends are doing this or because marketing is telling you to to do this? Or is this something that you really desire? And then on top of that, are you willing to do what it takes to make that happen? And sometimes the answer is no. Like Lauren said, uh, you know, she really maybe wanted some of the things she wanted after having Elliot, but it just wasn't, the timing wasn't good. And um, honoring that and being like, hey, I can just put that on the back burner and wait a little bit to start that until I'm ready to make those changes and I'm I'm able to make those changes um, and stick with them is absolutely – that's an okay answer. That's – that's. I know you always say, Annie, there is more than two options. It's not always yes and no. There's a third option, which is later. I would love to take credit for that, but that's actually Lauren. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Lauren. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, was okay. like, I was like – I was – Let's see you say that. And I was like, oh, I really wanted to take credit for it because it's good. It's good advice. <laughs> but I'm going to be honest. That's Lauren's advice. Yes, later is always an option, which I think is that goes back to your um, your maturity about responding, Jen, versus reacting. Yeah. So, pe- yeah. so many people can get reactive during New Year's resolutions. Like they feel compelled to do something just because everyone else is doing one. It's like if you just hit pause and like think like, do I want this? Was I considering this before I heard yeah. Susan over here talking about her weight loss? Like, I always think of my inner BFF. Like, she's she just like she comes to me in that that first second I react, and then give it twenty seconds, and my inner BFF is sitting beside me, like, "Hey, girlfriend, calm down." <laughs> <laughs> that first voice in me, though, she can be really kind of grumpy sometimes. She's my naughty friend. She's like. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Is this code for Annie and Lauren? Yeah. <laughs> there's Annie and then there's Lauren. Annie's like shoving you into the uh, mosh pit at a concert. Like, you can do it. Yeah. And Lauren's like, I don't think that's a good idea. Let's stay safe back here. <laughs> Both are needed sometimes, okay? Yes. <laughs> um, and the last point we just discussed today was that you don't have to overhaul your life and um, in one night that to think that you're going to go to bed on December 31st and wake up eight hours later, a completely different person doesn't usually happen for people. And that's not, that's not because you lack willpower or motivation or determination or discipline. That's just the way behavior change works. And it takes time and slowing down the process to focus one thing, um, until that becomes automatic and then layering it on brick by brick, uh, is usually the best place to start. And um, we have a saying too that um, 
we stole from James Clear that uh, Rome wasn't built in a day, but they were laying bricks often. And well, we yeah. changed it to make it our own. What's our new one? Oh, Beyonce, Beyonce wasn't built in a day. Beyonce yeah. wasn't built in a day. <laughs> Beyonce also wasn't built in a day. <laughs> so if you could just lay a brick, you know, if you have these big goals for 2019, 2020, 2021, uh, start with a brick, really, and lay your strong foundations, good solid habits one by one, and you'll get there eventually. And hopefully you'll wake up one day and you'll have this big, beautiful coliseum and you'll be like, huh. That was easy. Exactly. Exactly. That really is how it happens. Yeah. yeah. And and I know that probably sounds a little bit ridiculous or a little bit too good to be true, um, but you need to be able to play the long game for behavior change. You have to have big picture and patience, which I'm saying that to myself right now. <laughs> I'm talking in a mirror. Um uh, yeah, hopefully this helps people set some better resolutions. I would love to hear what people are look, working on. So if you are um, – working on something for the new year and you want to talk about it, please join our Facebook group. It's We Are Healthy Habits, Happy Moms on Facebook. We have uh, 40,000 women in our private Facebook group. And if you need a place for um, safe support, reasonable advice, and um, moderation, this is your place to go. I got a huge compliment yesterday. I was at a cookie exchange with 10 women and um, not many people know about my our company locally where I live, and um, actually a couple women from my community just joined, and the one woman said to me yesterday, your group is the first place I've ever found that actually promotes giving yourself grace. Aww. Thank you. Yeah. Can we, can we like, um, get a testimonial for her? And, like... <laughs> I'll ask her. She's in Balance 365 now, so. Oh, that's sure wonderful. I'm happy to. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a pretty sweet place. We have um, amazing women, and it's really, it's not, it's not us. It's our community that's made it such an amazing place to be. That totally. They provide support and applause and encouragement and tough love sometimes when it's needed. Um it's, it's a great place to be. So find us on Facebook at Healthy Habits Happy Moms. You can also tag us on social media on Instagram and um, show us what you're working on. Show us your more reasonable New Year's resolutions. Yes. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, me too. Okay, anything to add? Nope. We're nope. good to go? All right. Well, we'll talk soon, okay? Bye. 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 This episode is brought to you by our online coaching course, Balance 365. If you're ready to say goodbye to quick fixes and false promises, and yes to building healthy habits and a life you're 100% in love with, then check out our program at balance365.co to learn more.